It is when we are betwixt and between, have left one room but not yet entered the next room. Any hiatus between stages of life, stages of faith, jobs, loves, or relationships. It is that graced time when we are not certain or in control, when something genuinely new can happen. Richard Rohr. So we've likely all experienced a thin space. Thea gave us a great look, um, first glimpse at what that is. So even if we're unfamiliar with that term. So it is the place where our heart skips a beat, the place that takes our breaths away, the place we visit in our dreams, a place that draws us near even when, and perhaps even because we can't explain why. It is derived from pre-Celtic Irish tradition and today, Celtic and Christian lore is full of stories of thin places. What, locations like Scottish Isle of Iona, for example, where even the non-religious feel the spine shiver of something beyond words, according to Oliver Berkman of The Guardian. A Celtic saying tells us heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in thin places, that distance is even shorter. They are said to be where the distance between heaven and earth collapses. It's a place in the world where the walls are weak, the veil of life thins, and as such, it represents thresholds to new understandings and new experiences. So while breathtaking or spiritual places like the Isle of Iona or La Alhambra in Spain are renowned locations, a stunning view is not a requirement for um, a thin space and not a requirement of these thresholds. Reverend Karen Johnson writes, psychic or spiritual thresholds are not known for their grand entrances. Spiritual thresholds are not even necessarily known by their size. They are known, I think, by their quality. It's almost as if the air is different, an electricity, an intensity, a vibration, Certainly it's invisible to the naked eye, but it's there. The change, the shift, the entrance, ready to be sensed and engaged. It is in this change or shift that we recognize thin places. We are jarred in a way, we are jarred in a way because we only sense or notice the change when we're already in it. In that way, it's sudden. We wake up to find ourselves in an imperceptible but yet distinct difference. These transition places are not inherently comfortable or cozy either, as Thea talked about. While they can be precious places, some people may experience them with a disorientation or a confusion. I remember a time I experienced myself several years ago when I was out early in the morning headed to work this was right around the pagan festival of Samhain, within a few days either side. My car was parked just beyond a large old gnarly tree and just as I passed the tree, I had this profound sensation of something. I wasn't really scared, but I wasn't comfortable either. I turned to look behind me as we do when we're startled when walking in the dark, and it was just the tree there behind me. But somehow it felt different. There was nothing around, so I turned and kept going to my car. When I got there, I looked back at the tree again, 
like we do, and it was still just the tree. But that peculiar feeling was now gone. That was a thin place. John Paul Bedard writes in Huffington Post, thin places are not necessarily sacred places or peaceful places. I consider them to be places of dissonance or transformational plateaus. The energy that flows through me is an experience that leaves my heart open, more grateful, more empathetic, and less alone. It's a disarming feeling of being brought to your own attention, knowing that you are forever changed by the experience. And perhaps this is the invitation of the threshold. Perhaps we are brought to our attention for the invitation of the experience. We encounter thresholds as goals to be conquered, transitions to be passed through or passed over. But what if the true invitation of a threshold is not just to successfully move from here to there, but instead to just sit and pause? What if thresholds help us become by asking us to just be for a while? No moving, just noticing and naming less traveling and more listening. And there might even be some science behind that. So how many of us have gone to another room to get something only to arrive having forgotten what we came for? Come on, I know it's not just me. <laughs> I discovered that there is a psychological phenomenon known as the doorway effect discovered in studies done at University of Notre Dame by Gabriel Radvinsky and some colleagues. So through some computer role playing, as well as some live action activities, they learned that participants who passed through doorways, either virtual or real, were more likely to forget an object they had previously encountered in the testing. So while there are a variety of not yet agreed upon reasons why this happens, it's clear that the act of passing through a doorway or over a threshold is a signal to the brain to reset or to purge or put into storage some of our memories, perhaps to make room for new experiences. So now when we think about that threshold as an invitation to rest, to um, pause, are there things in our minds we might want to spend time with before we move through the next doorway? Things we might want to tie up or understand better or just revisit before we tuck it into a storage box somewhere. The invitation to pause and be is like a disruption to the system though. To rest on that threshold feels like suspending the action of transition. When we see a doorway, a hallway, or threshold, a transition, it's just second nature to us to pass through. Stopping in the middle is weird. It's awkward. Sometimes it can be scary. I'm thinking of a particular situation I heard described in a podcast with uh, Jerome Lovey, who, um, where he describes uh, the instinctive response to skipping a step. And he says, imagine you are walking down the stairs and you step on the last step and are about to put your foot on the ground. And as you reach the ground, you realize that you are a step short. What does that feel like when you thought you were going to be on solid ground, but you realized you're not on the last step, you misjudged it. 
What's the natural response you realize when you realize you are now falling down the stairs, you're not stepping down the stairs? What happens immediately to your body, and this is the thing you have to understand, your body is so darn good at keeping you alive that if you skip a step and you realize I've just fallen down the stairs and it's only one step, one, you've missed one step, but your heart rate is going up, your adrenaline is going up, cortisol is getting released, norepinephrine is gonna get released. You stop breathing for a second and you start hyperventilating, you freak out. You're sweating, you can't think straight. And how instantaneous does that happen? Do you have to think about it? No, because your body's like, I got you, watch this, hold my drink. So we have instinctive responses to protect ourselves from perceived danger, right? When we linger on the threshold and we accept that invitation to pause, we've put ourselves into the unknown, haven't we? Sometimes, for some of us, that can be a high-risk place, like falling down even just one step. Sometimes we become so familiar with routine and habit and pattern that to skip a step feels like an insurmountable risk. We are in liminal space. Liminal is a space between, as in the Richard Rohr quote at the beginning of the sermon. The place between rooms, between stages of life, like the pause on the threshold. I most often equate liminal space to pagan rituals, that is my faith background, and especially at the festivals of Samhain and Beltane, which are times of the year when it's believed the veil between the worlds is the thinnest, where a thin place can be a moment or an extended period of time. We can recognize this by certain physiological responses we have to extended liminal space or extended stasis or disrupted patterns. Some of these things we might experience are sleep problems, sleeping too much or nighttime waking or periods of insomnia. When we do sleep, maybe having vivid or lucid dreams or feeling off, non-specific, not quite sick and that becomes our temporary normal. The feeling of being floaty, of not quite here, um, like a medicine head-like kind of feeling and a general sense of ungrounded. And unexplained hot or cold flashes can happen or other adrenal function fluctuations. So these can vary from person to person and they will vary in intensity from day to day or throughout a day. This possibly varies based on someone's sensitivity or someone's attunement to their own body and how their body works. But when I think about this, I think that we are all in liminal space, liminal time right now, aren't we? We are in an in-between time. Our routines and schedules have been disrupted. We're moving beyond what had been everyday normal but we're not yet at a phase, a new normal, a post-virus time. We've talked about this earlier today, just the what is not knowing and what's the, how long is this gonna last? And we're still in this in-between and unknown. It can be scary to try to imagine what working, what school and socializing might look like, but knowing we cannot go back to what was. 
So many people are experiencing very real loss and pain and grief in this in-between period. And that makes it nearly impossible to do anything other than to cope and to grieve with each day as it arrives. But for those of us who are fortunate enough to not yet be sick, or have, to have friends and family who are well or have recovered to good health, for those who continue to work or whose employment has been able to pivot and continue operations, for those rest of us, what can we learn from this time of suspended reality? In a, her blog, The Soul's Call, Don Dixon reminds us that liminal time can be a time of potentiality. If we consider this time as a courtyard before the threshold of the changes to come, can we accept the invitation to rest here and examine the potential for the days, the weeks, the months ahead? In this country and others around the world, we're examining and learning what is truly essential in this time. We're learning to shop differently, eat differently, work and learn and socialize differently. And we are learning new ways to find joy and to make it for ourselves. I'm again reminded of Jack Gilbert's poem, A Brief for the Defense, which concludes, we must risk delight. We can do without pleasure, but not delight, not enjoyment. We must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of this world. We're learning from this threshold, this time of transformation, how to find delight. We're also learning compassion and community in new ways. Most importantly, I think that we are learning authenticity and gratitude. We're learning to drop the illusion of control because no one has this right now, truly. We are all struggling sometimes in some ways. So when we have even a little win, even a day or a moment of, I did great, we can be delightful and we can be grateful for that. And humble, knowing we'll probably stumble again a bit tomorrow and that that is okay. In a year-end article on Beyond Being, on, excuse me, in On Being, Parker Palmer wrote of a ritual of questions for crossing the threshold. Now, of course, he meant that transition into the next year, but I still think it's a valuable spiritual practice for our current threshold. He writes of inspiration from Rilke's advice to live the questions, and he suggests five questions to carry over the threshold. How can I let go of my need for fixed answers in favor of aliveness? What is my next challenge in daring to be human? How can I open myself to the beauty of nature and human nature? Who or what do I need to learn to love next and next? and next. And what is the new creation that wants to be born in and through me? I'll post these questions in our Facebook group so that you can refer back to them. Um, so while we continue forward in uncertainty, perhaps we can also allow ourselves curiosity about the mystery of this thin place where we find ourselves. Curiosity in, without a need or desire, but just for its own sake. 
a curiosity that will allow us even a small moment to imagine the next daring challenge.